Hello everyone and welcome to the Let's Talk Church podcast. It's a podcast across Uni Church Belfast, All Saints Church Belfast and St Nicholas's Church Belfast and we are in the middle of a little mini-series called Belonging, what it looks like to be a member here at our church. Um, I'm your host Jodie and today I'm here with Mark and Sarah. Say hi guys. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so nice to have you both with us on the podcast today. Um, now, I just kind of think it'd be nice for our listeners to get to know you guys a little bit, find out who you are, what do you do. Um, so maybe, Sarah, do you want to go first? So my name is Sarah. Um, I am an optometrist. And what is that, Sarah? Because before the podcast started, I said, oh, Sarah, you know, I'm going to tell everybody that you're an eye doctor. And she mm-hmm. said... I'm not an eye doctor, so can you tell us? Well, I think that might annoy Mark and a few other (laughs) members of the church if I said I was an eye doctor. I think they come to me with more eye questions than them. But no, so don't have the title, but know a few things about eyes. Absolutely. So what does an average day look like for you? Where do you work? So I work in Vision Express in Bangor. Okay. Um, I tend to see a lot of elderly people every day mm-hmm. and while giving them eye tests I'm normally talking about the weather and their hobbies and Aww. their husbands and wives and how they met it's actually so adorable that That's I lovely. talk to 80 and 90 year olds all day and they're like I met my spouse at a dance and I'm like oh <laughs> I get too emotionally invested and Aww. I run behind all day and my manager quite often is like <laughs> Sarah you're not you're missing your lunch again and I'm like but the stories Oh, that's can, so nice. Then. Can I just say that Sarah, I actually was one of Sarah's <laughs> patients, not like word clients yes. recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went for an eye test with Sarah at. We can't see the location, can we? It's in Bangor. Not, oh, you're telling everyone not where I work. Not in case, in case. <laughs> yeah. um, and how many minutes edit. late were you for the appointment? Yes. So <gasps> I, got, I got my eyes tested, and then Sarah told me that I, I could get new glasses, which she sorted me out with. Mm-hmm. But she was also going to sort me out with contact lenses. So Here this we is go. about a few months ago. So I went back for my contact. What's it called, Sarah? So a contact lens fitting appointment. Fitting appointment, Sarah. Tell mm. everybody. How, that was a great success. So, firstly, he was 15 minutes late again, oh, even I'm though sorry. he should been there before. <laughs> I forgave him for that. But um, so, in a fitting appointment, you want to put the contact lens in the eye. Normally, mm-hmm. the optometrist, I will do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I teach you how to put them in and out. Wow. Now, um, Mark found that putting contact lenses in, he thought he could do it with his eyes closed. So, um, <laughs> while inserting the lens, he kept blinking. <laughs> Oh, that, is, no. that is not technically true but <laughs> I am a very determined person and it was really annoying me that I couldn't do it and the appointment we were running out of time but right. you didn't really want yeah. me to instruct you so, like I do it every day yeah well <laughs> I Mark was... you need to listen to your eye doctor <laughs> imagine if I was a doctor <laughs> well I... speaking of doctors Mark you're a doctor yeah. why don't you tell us a bit about what you do okay I'm Mark I'm yeah I, I am a doctor I work in that's a bit of a strange one. People always have a slightly strange reaction when I say this. I work in, in women's health. Mm-hmm. So the fancy word for that's obstetrics and gynecology or mm-hmm. obstetrics and gynae. Um, so I work mainly with women. I feel like I'm often surrounded by women. I'm mm-hmm. surrounded by two women here today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's no different to my normal job. Um, so yeah, I, I do that. It's a bit different to your normal <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah, actually. Thank yeah, you. Actually, <laughs> we should, look, <laughs> we should, we should make that very clear. This is very different to what my normal, my everyday job entails. <laughs> Um, uh, right so yeah essentially the fun parts of that job involve working with people who are pregnant who are having their babies mm-hmm. and getting to meet little new lives um, in my job and that that is actually really special it's a real privilege as well yeah. so I do enjoy it uh, I, I, I work in Belfast so it's handy it means I can mm-hmm. sleep in 
really quite late and then get, drag myself out of bed, get to work and then still be just about, well, 50 minutes later, so yeah. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll do so what, what you're you on time for work. You made it on time today, Mark. You beat books of us here. I you did, yeah, We'll, we'll yeah, give you I credit did. for that. I was that. five minutes early. I'm not oh, early. oh my goodness. Yeah. Ke- a king bee, absolutely. I was king, yeah. um, Well, I feel like Peter Moore set the bar pretty high for us a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to force anybody to do this question, but does anyone have a fun story or two? I think uh, Mark is eager to share. Oh, he looks, oh. He looks like he's really keen for this well, one. Yeah. Yeah, Fun story, go so for it. I did, I've, I've been listening to all episodes of the podcast and you're right, Peter Murr, with that story about, was it Ormo? The Ormo, Ormo Red Boy. Yeah, Ormo and then Red did Boy. you watch the video I did, reboot? I did. It was so it was funny. He set so the standard funny. extremely high. Mm-hmm. Uh, my story, some people might know it, some other people might not know it. I'm not so sure it's a funny story, but it's kind of an interesting yeah. fact. So I actually was a appeared I was like it was a contestant's word I'm looking for yeah. on the ITV quiz show The Chase. Yeah, um, I think great. it was back now was it twenty fourteen I think I recorded Ooh. that. So yeah it was crazy. People ask about it all the time. Was it easy to get on? I'm not gonna bore you with all the details, but actually it's quite difficult to get on. There's Is it? so so many steps. You've you have the paperwork stage, they ring you for interview, you have a Did casting you day. Picture? Yes, all those things and uh, yeah, it, there's so many stages. <laughs> Got accepted um, to go on um, I, I'll talk about this later I'm a bit of a nerd actually the first time they invited me on You're I right. had just started my kind of placements in hospitals right. at medical school uh-huh. and I turned down the opportunity to go on the show because I oh, said I said um, oh no I have my placements and I'll get in trouble for missing the day off, <laughs> off my placement and I thankfully I don't know if they wanted me or what, or what it was mm-hmm. but they, they called me again and I, and I got to go on it great. so I flew to London uh-huh. I, I recorded the show met Bradley Walsh great guy and I guess the funny aspect of this story is that if you knew how the chase works, there's four contestants and you each play your own round and you try to get back for the final mm-hmm. chase. Mm-hmm. My team were pretty rubbish, to be oh, honest. No. It was so disappointing. You were the best. Like, I have no then. say of that. Do you, you don't get to pick no, your team. No, no. So. so I actually went for the lower offer. So yeah. I got like only like £2,000. The cash bill around, that wasn't very good. Then I went for the lower offer of £500 mm-hmm. and got back with that. Yeah. And was playing for that then by myself in the final chase. <gasps> and obviously I didn't win the money, but I get the funny thing was... Because I was playing for such a low amount of money, the, the actual program, the Twitter account of the chase, were tweeting, "This is like the lowest amount any con- <laughs> any contestant in the history of this show has ever played for." I was getting like Twitter abuse you when, were when, trending. when, when, when oh, it was showed. Yeah, and the fun fact is, the, the Sun newspaper and the Daily Express <gasps> both wrote headlines saying, "Was this the worst episode of the chase ever?" <laughs> no, Mark. So, oh, so- I, no, literally, when you used to YouTube work. The chase oh. worst ever episode. My episode came up. No, yeah. I thought your fun fact was gonna be one of the biblical questions that you got wrong. Oh. So, uh, did you get a Bible question? <laughs> I did. Get a Bible what question. was it? Put it out there. Let's see if right, we can get it. So, question number one: What is the first female? What is the first book of the Bible named after a female? It's it's Ruth. Ruth. It's Ruth. It is Ruth. Ruth. And you said Esther. I think you just beat yourself up about that one. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was pretty pretty bad. Mm. So that was my funny story. I basically (laughs) got headlines across the UK written about me saying my episode of the chase was the worst ever. So not only did you get on the chase, but you were the worst person on the chase chase ever. Yeah. You know what? It's better to be the worst ever than forgotten about. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And I guess you know now we all know that you are not unfamiliar to the big screen. So doing a podcast like this should be an easy peasy thing for you, Mark. You'd be very familiar. And uh, I think we should link the video of you on the chase. 
100% absolutely let's Flippin find it and share it on the members page coming this Tuesday <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Mark's raging about that oh. anyway. he wants to trend again <laughs> very good very good um, now you guys you have both been um, part of our church family here at uni church primarily mm-hmm. for the past few years and we're going to chat a wee bit about that in a minute um, but you guys are both um, Christians is it something that you'd be able to tell us a little bit about um, what has that looked like for you? Um, how did you become a Christian, and how um, has that changed your life since? Mark, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I will. So I grew up in a very rural part of Northern Ireland, near a place called Macrafelt, but mm-hmm. not in Macrafelt, in the countryside. Okay. And my parents aren't, and they they weren't Christians back then. But my mum, I would probably describe her as a churchgoer. She had been to church all of her life. Um, it's just a dumb thing. It was kind of this thing she did every every week. And so she took us, me and my siblings, church growing up. And as well as that, because there wasn't an awful lot happening in the local area where we were living, it mm-hmm. wasn't, it was, I say it was very rural, just fields and cows. Mum <laughs> sent us along to any kind of other, any other Christian event that was happening sure. in the area. So things we know in Northern Ireland, like Boys Brigade, mm-hmm. um, holiday Bible clubs and camps that happened during yeah, the summer, mm-hmm. those kind of things. <clears throat> so even though mum wasn't a Christian, I'm so thankful that she just sent me along to those things because it was mm-hmm. through through those things that I actually heard the gospel, I heard about Christianity, I heard mm-hmm. about Jesus. I heard that I was someone who had rejected God, that I wanted to, to run my own life really, and didn't mm-hmm. want anything to do with him. Um, and because of that, um, I was in trouble. I was a, a sinner, I was someone who, as I rejected God. Um, and I needed a savior, and thankfully that savior is Jesus. He, he loved me so much, he came into the world, he died in my place so that I could be forgiven, I could have a relationship with God. Um, and so I remember I first really began to understand that when I was maybe eight, nine, ten, that kind of age. But I didn't really know how to become a Christian. I thought it had to be this kind of flashing light moment or something like that. But then I was about 11 or 12. I started <coughs> just praying every night. I asked God, would he forgive me? Um, and I asked Jesus to be my saviour. And I must have prayed that prayer for about six months. I wasn't sure if it works. Like I said, I, I was like... Where's the lights? Where's where's mm-hmm. the where's the noise? Mm-hmm. Um, the big bang or something you know, exciting <laughs> to happen to be like you're not a Christian, um, but after a while I realised that even though I don't have a date for, <clears throat> for for when I actually became a Christian, it was sometime during sure. that time. Mm-hmm. So if you fast forward a little bit um, to when I'm eighteen and kind of going then to university, in those uh, years in between between kind of eleven, twelve, and eighteen, at school I'd always been a I was a bit of a nerd. I'm gonna be honest. I was. I was. A, really? I, was I was one of. Those, <laughs> sorry, that's so mean, but it's true. Um, yeah, I was just one of those people at school. Always um, did my homework. Never got the attention. Just tried to be. Tried to be good, mm-hmm. and w- wasn't really into um, partying or clubbing or drinking or anything like that. So when I arrived at university, I was I was moving up from say from my countryside house to to Belfast, the big lights of Belfast. I, my view of Christianity had got a bit skewed, really. Mm-hmm. I began to think that actually, you know, I'm actually quite good compared to a lot of people around me. Mm-hmm. So why why wouldn't God love me? Mm-hmm. You know, why? What, what, it's pretty easy for me to be, to be a Christian because actually God must find it easier to love me than he finds it to love some of these other people who are mm-hmm. doing all these kind of things. And I know that sounds so arrogant, but I just have to be honest with you and tell you that that is how, how mm-hmm. I felt. Mm-hmm. So that when I started university, I joined a Bible study group, like one of our growth groups. Uh-huh. Um, and we were studying the book of Romans that year, which is kind of wow. funny thinking back because that's the book we've just been doing here at Uni Church. Yep. And through reading God's word, reading the book of Romans with that group of people, it just brought me back to that, the central message of Christianity that, that nobody's good, 
mm-hmm. but actually we mess up every single day and I was in need of Jesus as much then at the age of 18 as I was when I was 11 or 12 when I first became mm-hmm. a Christian as I am today where I'm still messing up um, still in in dire need of Jesus mm-hmm. and so yeah things like I think my faith really began to grow from that age of 18 and um, I've been involved now with the uni church for the last three years I absolutely love our church community. I love that the Bible is taught really clearly here. Um, and so, yeah, that's a bit of my story. That's great. Thanks so much. Um, well, Sarah, what about you? I guess your story is different from Mark's because we're all completely different. But could you share a little bit about what it's been like for you? Yes. Um, so <clears throat> a little bit similar to Mark in that I grew up in a church-going family. Um, but to be honest, for me, I don't think I fully grasped um, what Jesus had done on the cross for me, dying for me, until about three years ago mm-hmm. when I came along to a life course here at church mm-hmm. in All Saints. And I think that I just, the gospel hadn't really been explained to me sure. um, as clearly as that. Um, and I think at that point, <clears throat> I really thought, you know what, some of the things that I'm doing, the ways that I'm acting, just don't please God. Mm-hmm. They're, as Mark said, rejecting God and what I'm doing. And I mean, God is our father, and I think, oh my goodness, if my father knew <laughs> what I was doing, um, don't think he'd be too happy. Hope my dad doesn't listen to this. Oh <laughs> 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 my goodness. But yes, no, the life course <laughs> really explained things um, to me, and yeah, mm-hmm. just, it wasn't right to be acting the way that I was, mm-hmm. and um, rejecting God in that, and I think I really just learned about grace, and mm-hmm. how it's freely given to us, mm-hmm. and that really moving forward, I wanted to live in a way that pleased God, mm-hmm. not to earn his mm-hmm. forgiveness, or anything mm-hmm. like that, yeah. I'm not perfect, I will never be perfect, mm-hmm. but, um, and Jesus is the only one that is, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, as Mark has also mentioned, um, I think That was, what, three or so years ago, and every week we open the Bible in church and in growth group, and um, I'm just continually learning Mm -hmm. more about Jesus and um, his life and and the way that that he lived on this earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really great, and you just kind of mentioned there, Sarah, um, about some of the things that are part of your life um now can you maybe just fill us in on some things that you feel um really sustain you in your Christian walk now? I mean, for me, um, in school, I didn't have a lot of Christian friends, or I think a lot of us almost were in the Christian group, mm-hmm. but I wonder, looking back, if <clears throat> if we just were put into that group, but were we really sort of daily saying, you know, what are you struggling with? Yeah. What would you like prayer for? What are you reading in the Bible at mm-hmm. the minute? And I think coming along to All Saints, if I'm honest, it was the first time that I had genuine Christian friendships, and... Um, getting involved in girls growth group is mm-hmm. one of my favorite things um I mean Wednesday night is growth group night yep. if someone wants to do something I'm like no it's growth group night mm. um and yeah well I mean the service itself coming along mm-hmm. and everyone being so welcoming and mm-hmm. um loving in that and then I think growth group is a good way mm-hmm. to also develop those relationships mm-hmm. and dive into the passage that we've learned about on Sunday as well yeah absolutely that's so helpful Sarah thanks so much um for sharing that with us um so one of the things that we really want to kind of hone in and talk about tonight um since we're in the middle of this little series belonging where we're talking about our five m's so if you've been listening over the past couple of weeks you'll know that the first one we did was ministry and then we looked at magnification 
And this week we're looking at membership and we've brought um, Mark and Sarah on tonight because Mark is what we call the M rep for membership mm. and Sarah is part of the membership team. So um, Mark, just to kind of bring us all up to speed, our other M reps have done this so far. So I'm going to hand yes. it over to you now to explain, first of all, what membership is and how does it kind of fit into this wider 5M model? Yeah. So when I think of, I guess when I think about the word membership, I think a little bit about what it means to, I think about belonging to something. Sure. So, you know, you might think about your, your gym membership or mm-hmm. being a member of some other club or organization and how you belong somewhere <coughs> or to something. Mm-hmm. I think there's some similarities when it, when it comes to church. Mm-hmm. We, if you're a member of a church, you, you belong there. And we were doing Romans recently in church. Mm-hmm. And in Romans 12, Paul talks about the members there and the members having different roles. But the thing that really stands out to me is when Paul talks about the members belonging to each other. Mm. And I just think that's absolutely incredible that you know, the God of the universe who has saved us, he hasn't just then saved us and told us to live our Christian lives totally by ourselves, you know, struggling along, isolated from everybody else. Mm-hmm. We're actually part of, to be part of, it, of a Christian community, mm-hmm. a Christian family. And I guess there's, there's two levels to that. There's the kind of the big level where we have Christian brothers and sisters all over the world. Yeah. But we're also called to be to members of a local church family. Mm-hmm. And so if you come to uni church, if you call it your home church, uh, we want you to feel this is somewhere you really belong. Mm-hmm. That when you come here, you feel that people like genuinely care about you, mm-hmm. that they want to see you growing spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you, can, you feel that you can share your burdens and what you're struggling with uh, with those people. Mm-hmm. But conversely to that, we then want you to come along and really care for the people around you sure. and actually care about their spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, from a point of view of membership, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create and foster and grow this, a a real gospel-centered community here at church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's actually really exciting because um, that really fits into what Sarah just said a minute ago Mm. of her experience of coming and um, getting plugged in at part of our church and actually feeling like she really has Christian friends here, maybe for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that there's so many people who... Well, I know there's so many people at our church that have felt exactly the same way. So that is really, really exciting. Um, so thanks kind of for giving us a bit of an overview on that. Um, more specifically from your point of view, Mark, what actually does your role look like as what we call the M rep for membership? What do you do sort of week to week, month to month um, in order to help these things that almost if you didn't know someone was planning it, you'd almost just think it happens. So can you kind of peel back the layers a little bit and let us see what goes on behind the scenes? Yeah, so I think almost if I walk you through an, an <laughs> example of that in a sense is that many of us, if we've been coming to the same church for a long for a long time, mm-hmm. we might actually forget what it looks like to arrive, either as a non-Christian who who doesn't know God, into this into a church we might not have, never have stepped foot in one before yeah. or as a christian who's trying to find a new church mm-hmm. and so as i said at membership we're all about say creating a, a gospel-centered community mm-hmm. people who care about each other mm-hmm. so to make to make that work we have a few uh, service area a few areas of service that that, that we coordinate and run mm-hmm. to make that process um essentially as effective as possible yep. so <laughs> we have the welcome team, which mm-hmm. Sarah is a part of. Sarah's one of our welcome team leaders. So mm-hmm. that's basically welcoming people into the church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So newcomers who aren't Christians, we want them to feel we want them to feel that we're happy to have them here mm-hmm. and make them feel as comfortable as possible. Not because we're pretending that saying hello to somebody and asking them how they are is gonna 
bring them to faith mm-hmm. or, because that's not the gospel yeah. but so that they will be perhaps more comfortable able to listen to the sermon mm-hmm. or come back again the week after yeah um if it's our regulars we want them to feel valued that we want them to keep coming mm-hmm. back they are that we really love them being part mm-hmm. of our church so that's mm-hmm. that's the welcome rule i'm sure sarah will chat a bit more about that later mm-hmm. we also have hospitality um, they kind of well, COVID's kind of ruined everything. Hospitality, <laughs> That's so but sad. Not, I know, but not, not forever, Mark. Not forever. not forever. I just want a cup of tea after church <laughs> yeah. and, a, and a biscuit. Yeah. Oh. So or they a trivia, kind. The, oh, oh yes. <laughs> so, so the hospitality team, I guess, they would be involved with serving tea and coffee. And again, that might seem like a, a maybe like something that's not very exciting. But even how someone serves you a cup of tea with a smile on their face and and does it. Um, in the knowledge that they're serving serving the Lord in this way mm-hmm. is actually an amazing thing yeah. and our teams are great they always they meet before church they pray together it's amazing mm-hmm. and then I guess other things like social events so big shout out to Jeremiah Donald and Alice Donald as well mm-hmm. they're, they're key for that organising events that are not held in the church slightly more informal maybe going to the beach yeah. doing mm-hmm. something outside of church where we can kind of build relations with each other mm-hmm. and so I guess my role then is to kind of coordinate all of those teams make right. rotas chat, uh, check in with my team leaders like Sarah and people like that mm-hmm. um, get feedback recruit new team members um, mm-hmm. with the uh, ministry rep Peter mm-hmm. um, and yeah there's always going to be crossover with the other M's as well but that's mm-hmm. essentially my role in that yeah that's really helpful thanks so much Mark for kind of um, helping us see all of these things that go on behind the scenes and actually sort of just touch on why it's really important that these things are done well um, now Sarah obviously you are um, part of the membership team mm-hmm. can you maybe just explain to us first of all like how did you get involved with that um, and how has your role changed in the time that you've been part of those teams and I guess what does it look like week to week for you yeah, of course. Um, so now that you've asked that, I can't fully remember, but um, I think as um, Uni Church was launched, yeah. um, so our evening service, um, we were thinking of how obviously Welcome Team mm-hmm. had already existed with um, All Saints and things mm-hmm. like that. And I actually remember the first time I came along to All Saints, it was a morning service, and I came in on my own. I was looking for a new church, mm-hmm. and although I knew a couple of people that came along, a couple of Mark's friends actually, um, I had arrived on my own that morning and I remember being greeted. I remember the first person that spoke to me and recognised that I was new mm-hmm. and I just thought even the acknowledgement, oh you're new, mm-hmm. um, hello, was was very kind mm-hmm. and so I do, I do still remember that and I think that's key for me also. But yeah, I think um, Uni Church had started, we were thinking about having an organised and a welcome team and mm-hmm. I... Um, I signed up. I like chatting to people, so I mm-hmm. think um, I was like, Sarah can do that, <laughs> and I can give it a go. Um, but yeah, it sort of moved forward from there, and then um, I took on a leadership role more mm-hmm. so. So what does that look like, Sarah? So I guess a little bit similar to Mark. So he sort of heads up the role in general, and then we as leaders are sort of over a team of mm-hmm. about five or six people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all have an individual rota so that no one burns out, everyone's yeah. able to serve in the church, but it's not too much or overwhelming for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we normally do two in six weeks. Um, and mm-hmm. what my role is, just to sort of give a wee reminder to everyone, okay, our week's coming up, is yeah. everyone available? Um, we just meet beforehand and have a rough plan. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say a plan of attack, but I feel like that's the sense is coming to mind. <laughs> that's good, that's good. But <laughs> attack in a way that we're all on the same page. Obviously yep. with COVID, it's more so um, mm-hmm. we're trying to make feel, people feel safe mm-hmm. and 
um, welcome but safe mm-hmm. and following all the guidelines, sort of stewarding people mm-hmm. to their seats, things yeah. like that. They're going to sit down and hear the gospel. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if they feel welcome and loved and assured, then you don't know. The conversations mm-hmm. may happen down the line. People always remember the first time they come to a church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you want that to be warm and inviting. Yeah. And even a simple hello how are you or what do you do can lead to that's how a lot of my friendships started you know yeah, yeah. i think that's a really good point sarah makes it's we want to be intentional about everything we mm-hmm. do that point sarah makes is, is so true people will always remember um they might not remember what was said they might not remember the name mm. of the person they spoke to mm-hmm. they don't remember anything about the sermon they might not even have listened yeah. mm-hmm. but they will remember how they were made to feel and so we are essentially Definitely. trying to accommodate them to feel as comfortable as mm-hmm. possible mm-hmm. like i said we know that that won't save anybody mm-hmm. but that might make them as sarah said come back yeah, so it, it is actually just really helpful, I think, probably for all of our listeners to hear how intentional um, all of these things are, that even though on the surface it just maybe looks like a friendly hello, um, there is a lot of thought goes into it. And that is the reason why we want to train our church family to be that friendly hello, because it means so much to so many people and it actually serves a huge purpose. And actually, just to flesh that wee idea out there... Um, Obviously, we do have our welcome teams who are on each week. I think we've got three, mm-hmm. um, as Sarah said, on two weeks and then another off for off four. For, off for four. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, as well as that, as Mark said, we want our whole church family to be welcoming. So could you guys just give some top tips? Imagine someone is part of our church family, but they're not actually officially on a welcome team. Mm-hmm what should they what should be going through their head at the start of church i guess especially thinking post-covid times as things open up and are a wee bit more flexible um what does it look like for a regular church member to be a welcoming person well i think it's the same as just being a friendly person on the street mm-hmm. um to be honest mm-hmm. <laughs> i do smile people going down the street maybe that's weird <laughs> um, <laughs> that's great so. <laughs> no that's not like everyone that's smiles nice. i like it <laughs> But no, I feel like saying hello, what do you do is as good mm-hmm. a start in church as it is yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think all I could really add to that is probably just try not to assume anything mm-hmm. and particularly try not to assume the person is a Christian. Yeah. yeah. And also I think try and I am terrible with names, so I do apologize regularly, but I will remember your degree, your job, yeah. your um, your dog, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but also try and spot, if you have one conversation, mm-hmm. you know, look out for that person a couple yeah. of weeks later mm-hmm. or the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and that's so great. And I think even just, again, for all of our listeners, it's that reminder that as things are um, slowly starting to get back to normal, but we want to be intentional about mm-hmm. our time together at church. Yeah. Um, and that does, um, like like Sarah was saying, to foster those genuine relationships mm-hmm. and to make space for them to grow, we have yeah. to be intentional about how we're spending our time, both before and after church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, that's so true. I mean, I absolutely love our church. I actually get quite emotional even thinking about our church mm-hmm. because I, I, I love the people there so much. They They've encouraged me. They have pointed me to Jesus they have listened to my struggles it, it's actually it's an emotional thing to even talk about mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I hope that other people have experienced that as well mm-hmm. um because that's that's what the bible has called us to that's mm-hmm. why it's amazing community. like I talked about at the start it's it's it's, it's gospel community mm-hmm. and I've experienced that in such a rich and deep way in this yeah. church and that's why I'm so passionate and so weirdly emotional about mm-hmm. about membership because 
I have those people in church and I really hope that the people listening to the podcast that they're members of our church that mm-hmm. they have that too and if they don't just message Sarah I would love, <laughs> we'd love to chat with them I love the walk it is yeah. so sunny yeah. coffee yeah it's well, just I drink yeah. Tea, like, I know, yeah. and, and, and even just from a, a personal point of view even <laughs> to make you feel more emotional even looking at Sarah I remember Sarah when before she went to that life course and um, chatting to her I actually knew her a little bit before then as well. I think you denied you knew me, Mark. I know. Oh, well, pretended well. he didn't, you know. Oh. But seeing, <laughs> seeing the change in people like Sarah mm-hmm. has just been absolutely incredible. I mean, seeing what Jesus can do in someone's life, it is she's such an encouragement to me and I know we've, we've Sarah and I have a really funny relationship <laughs> so Sarah and I think stress each other out so much no Mark stresses me or... I think you stress me out but, like, but at, 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 at the um, at the heart of it Sarah and I have, have a gospel our friendship mm-hmm. is 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 because we both love Jesus and that's actually you have that in common yeah, that's the thing it's common ground and I think that you open up more mm-hmm. with people in a growth group and in church that you know genuinely care mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Than maybe people you've known for fifteen mm-hmm. years. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and we 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 want people to to experience that that mm-hmm. that that Christian community. It's that kind of network that we build. Yeah. In a in, in a church family where you feel that you, as I talked about at the very start, that membership. It's somewhere you belong, and mm-hmm. I, I know that certainly I love belonging to the uni church. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, it's just so encouraging to actually hear those um personal stories and actually to think even for Sarah how in some ways this kicked off with a warm hello at the door and that is Definitely. so important mm-hmm. as we're thinking about this. Questions. And even in terms of the social events, although mm-hmm. they were primarily for us all to get to know each other better pre-COVID, what was it, murder mystery, going to the beach, you mm-hmm. know, that's also a really neutral space to mm-hmm. invite people along to. Yeah. And because who doesn't like a wee murder mystery you know yeah absolutely get dressed up yeah well um it's so great to just hear how both of you guys are so passionate about this element of life at our church and I think like for anyone who knows you that really comes across but it's also something that really is evident here at our church now obviously over the last couple of months that over the last year really it has been really hard to do these things in a normal way and I know that both Sarah and Mark have felt that real tension of the mm. rules slightly changing a wee bit um so one of the things I kind of wanted to wrap up our conversation with today was um if there's someone who's listening to our podcast now and they have maybe been coming along to our church but they don't feel completely plugged in yet mm. um what would your advice be to them how can we reach out to them how can they reach out to us what do you think the next kind of step is well, I think um, filling out the Welcome to Church cards is key. Mm-hmm. So just saying, you know, been coming along for a while. Um, as it's been mentioned before, it's only the ministers at the at the church that mm-hmm. read those. And mm-hmm. it's, I think that's the opportunity where you say, well, I do want to get involved in a growth group. Yeah. I do want to know what this life course is that you keep talking about. Mm-hmm. But it's hard at the minute. And um, with masks on, it's even hard for us as as a welcome team to to recognize people mm-hmm. and I really try my best to mm-hmm. recognize and spot the people are yep. new but um, I think they can they can really feel that as well mm-hmm. so really just what aspect of church would I like and you know what go into growth group once see what it's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um now we can go out for walks the mm-hmm. nights are are brighter you know mm-hmm. we can go and have a coffee outside yep. um mm-hmm. there are little things you can do if you're more comfortable in a one-on-one um yep. Mm-hmm. situation yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah you will get so much more out of church 
if you're more involved essentially yeah, it's yeah, basically as simple as that and mm-hmm. so as sarah said please fill in a welcome to church card and mm-hmm. um, please uh, add me on facebook or instagram or message <laughs> me i'm happy to mm-hmm. to help you um uh, and yeah, get get involved in serving. That's mm-hmm. I would say. Get involved in a growth yeah, group. The uh-huh. more involved you can get, the better. We are always looking for more people for the welcome team, um, or hospitality team, or to be involved in any other. So many areas of service and serving in our church. Yeah. Um. And as Sarah says, we'd also love to grab a coffee with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just let us know yeah absolutely Definitely. so if you're listening to this today um, and you're really keen to get to know more people please do give me or Sarah or Mark a shout um, we'd love to hear from you and mm-hmm. we will do our best to seek you out on Sunday well guys I think that's just about all we've got time for today but it's been so great to have you both on the podcast mm-hmm. um, and thanks so much everyone for listening um, this is the Let's Talk Church podcast and we're looking forward to having you tune in again with us next week bye